We present Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve in Paul Temple and Steve, a serial in eight episodes by Francis Durbridge. Episode 5, David Nelson Explains. Paul Temple, the celebrated novelist and private detective, is visited by Sir Graham Forbes of Scotland Yard and by a Mr. Philip Kaufman, who is attached to the special branch. Kaufman tells Paul Temple about a notorious criminal known as Dr. Belasco. Temple promises to try and discover the identity of Belasco and during the course of certain investigations makes the acquaintance of Henry Worth, David Nelson, Mrs. Forrester, Joseph, a servant of Mrs. Forrester's, and a certain Mr. Ed Bellamy. Bellamy is the proprietor of the Machicha Club in Berkeley Square. One night, after a visit to the Machicha, Temple and Steve are abducted, and an attempt is made to take them to an address in Lehman Street. The attempt fails, however, and later the same night, Temple and Sir Graham Forbes visit the address. This turns out to be a small dry cleaners establishment, owned by a man called Abel Dunn. Temple and Forbes force an entrance and make their way up the narrow staircase to the flat which is situated above the shop. I don't think there's anyone in. No, I don't think there is. The door's locked. You sure? Yes. Oh. What is it? There's something on the doorknob. I think... It's blood. Get the door open. Get it open quickly. Quickly, Sir Graham. There's another room over there. Temple! Temple! Just look at this man. Just look at him. Oh. He's been beaten up. He's been absolutely beaten up. Yes. Who is he, do you know? His name's Lord Craymore. He spoke to me about an hour ago at the Machicha. Why should this happen? Why? Craymore wanted to see me, and I arranged to meet him at the flat. He said he wanted to talk about Dr. Belasco. Did he know the identity of Belasco? I don't know. Hmm. Well, there's nothing we can do for this poor devil, I'm afraid. He's had it. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Let's go back into the other room, Temple. Our friend Mr. Dunn doesn't appear to be a very tidy individual. It rather looks to me as if he left in a hurry. Yes, just what I was thinking. You know... Kaufman's right about this business. Someone must have found out about your telephone call. They knew that we were following you, and that unless something happened to prevent the driver from bringing... Well, whoever it is, they're pretty persistent. Yes. I'll take a chance on it. Grovner 6891? Yes? Could I speak to Mr. Dunn, please? Who is that speaking? I'm speaking on behalf of a Mrs. Forrester. Yes? I'm given to understand that you... That is Mr. Dunn, speaking personally. Yes? Mr. Abel Dunn. Uh, yes, speaking. Well, I'm given to understand that... Yes? What's happened? He's replaced the receiver. Who was it, do you know? Yes. It's the man I told you about, Joseph. Works for Mrs. Forrester. But I thought you said you saw him at the Machicha Club. I did. As a matter of fact, I spoke to him. Are you sure it was the same man on the phone? Yes. Well, what did he say? 
Well, first of all, he said that he was speaking for Mrs. Forrester. Then he asked me if I was able done. When I said that I was, he said, I'm given to understand that you... And then he stopped. Obviously, he must have guessed that something was the matter. I wonder what he wanted. I don't know. You know, Temple, Braddock must have been right. This is the place that taxi driver intended to bring you to. Listen, Otherwise... Someone coming up the stairs. Yes. I wonder if it's Kaufman. No. No, I don't think it is. Stand by the door, Temple. Yes, all right. He's at the door. Yes. Don't touch it. Stand back! This time, my friend, I've come under slightly different circumstances. Good evening, Mr. Worth. Oh, Sir Graham, what does this mean? What's happened? Where's done? Mr. Temple. Drop the gun. Drop it. What are you doing here? What's more to the point, what are you doing here? I came to see Mr. Dunn. Had you an appointment? No, but... Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm not saying a word. Not until I've seen my solicitor. Was Abel Dunn a friend of yours? You heard what I said. I'm not talking. Was Abel Dunn a friend of yours? Was he? No. Why did you come here? Why did you come here? I, I was told to come here by Dr. Belasco. When? About ten days ago. Go on. Mr. Worth, the last time I saw you, I asked you about a woman called Mrs. Forrester. You told me that you'd never been to her house and that you'd never even heard of her. And yet, in spite of this... Mr. Temple, you've got to believe me. Please, you, you've got to believe me. I came here tonight because... Just over a week ago, I received a telephone call. I was told that unless I delivered 200 pounds to this address, my cafe would be smashed to pieces and my business taken away from me. You delivered the money? Yes. I was frightened. I, I came here one afternoon. To the flat? No, to the shop down below. I saw a man called Abel Dunn. He was expecting me. And I handed over the 200 pounds. Was Dunn the man you spoke to on the telephone? Uh, no, I don't think so. Go on. After I'd handed over the money, I realized what a coward and what a complete fool I'd been. I made up my mind that the next time I heard from Belasco, I'd threaten to expose him unless he returned the 200 pounds. How could you expose him? What do you mean? Who is Dr. Belasco? Why? Obviously, this man does. There's a man who took the 200 pounds. You think so? But he must be. Is that why you came here tonight? Belasco, or one of his men, telephoned me last night. I was told to bring 100 pounds. To this address? Yes. Tonight? Uh, no. I was supposed to have brought the money first thing this morning. Well, I didn't. Instead, you came here tonight complete with this little weapon in order to try and get back your 200. Uh, yes. You expect us to believe that story? I don't care whether you believe it or not. It's the truth. Hmm. Well, it seems to me, Mr. Worth... That... What's that? Sir Graham, Mr. Temple. Are you all right? It's Kaufman and Braddock. We saw Worth arrive, sir, so we thought we'd better see if you were all right. We're all right. But I'm afraid our mysterious friend, Mr. Dunn, hasn't put in an appearance. No, and I don't think he will either, Sir Graham. Not tonight. Why do you say that? Tell them. There's been an emergency call from the yard, sir. Well? A lorry was stolen from Fenchurch Street about three quarters of an hour ago. The description of the driver fits Abel Dunn to a T. What was on the lorry? 
Cigarettes. Cigarettes? Three and a half million of them, Mr. Temple. 17,000 pounds worth. Why, Timothy, 17,000? Oh, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you the done was Dr. Belasco? <laughs> Why are you laughing? Stupidity always makes me laugh, my friend. Especially when it is assumed stupidity. What do you mean? You know perfectly well what I mean. Belasco's behind this business, we know that. But he didn't drive the lorry, my friend. How do you know? Because I'm pretty sure that Mr. Dunn drove the lorry, and Mr. Dunn is not, I assure you, Dr. Belasco. Incidentally, Mr. Worth, what exactly are you doing here tonight? I've already explained my presence here to Sir Graham. <laughs> Have you? I feel sure that what your explanation lacked in conviction, it made up in originality. Why do you think Mr. Worth came here tonight? Isn't it obvious? What do you mean, Calvin? Worth knew about the lorry. Even if he isn't Belasco, it's quite obvious that he helped to plan the whole business. That's a lie! That's a filthy, dirty lie! No, sir. No, sir. None of that, sir. I've only seen this man once in my life. That was the time I told you about. The time I handed over the 200 pounds. Did you see Dunn alone on that occasion? Yes. Quite alone? Yes, he, he was alone, but... But what? I was just thinking. Well? After I'd handed over the 200 pounds, he told me to go. I went outside into the corridor, but instead of going straight into the road, I stood by the door, listening. Well? He made a telephone call. A, a personal call to a man called Alan. You don't remember the number? Uh, yes. It was a trunk call. Greenchurch 87. Greenchurch 87? Yes. What is it, Braddock? Well, that, that, that's the Cromwell Heart, sir. The Cromwell Heart? Well, it's a pub, uh, an inn, sir, at Greenchurch. Do you know the place? Well, I ought to, sir. I was born pretty well next door to it. Where is Greenchurch? About 18 miles from Willsborough, on the Romney Marshes. And, uh, that's right, sir. This telephone conversation, Mr Worth, that you so conveniently overheard... Yes? Well, what was the gist of it? Dunn simply informed this man, Alan, that I had delivered the 200 pounds. That's all he said? That's all I heard him say, Mr Kaufman. Mm -hmm. What sort of place is this green church? Well, it's just a fair-sized village, sir. I wonder if Belasco's got a hideout down there and that's where they've taken the lorry. That's just what I was thinking. I've a good mind to contact the yard and send Perry down. Braddock? Yes, sir? Are you well known in that part of the world? Green church, sir? Yes. Oh, no, sir. You see, I've been away for years. But you know the district? Well, like the palm of my hand, sir. Who's in charge of your division? Inspector Copthorne, sir. Good. I'll get Perry to speak to Copthorne first thing tomorrow. Meanwhile, change into plain clothes and get down to Greenchurch. Keep your wits about you and your eyes open. If you see anything out of the ordinary, report direct to the yard. Very good, sir. Report to Mr Kaufman or Inspector Perry. You understand? Yes, sir. I understand, sir. <laughs> Good evening, sir. Hello, Charlie. I'll take the coat, Mom. Oh, thank you. Any messages? Uh, Mr Nelson's here, sir. He's in the lounge, sir. Mr Nelson? How long has he been here? Oh, uh, only about two or three minutes. Seems in a bit of a stew with himself. 
Would you like me to get you any sandwiches or something? Uh, no, thank you, Charlie. Hello, Nelson. Ah, oh, good evening, sir. Uh, hello, Mrs. Temple. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm sorry bursting in on you like this. Please, forgive me. Is anything the matter, Mr. Nelson? Yes. I'm afraid I've had rather an unfortunate experience. Don't tell me you've had another motor car accident. Uh, no, it's nothing like that, Temple, but... Well, uh, as a matter of fact, I've had my flat burgled. Your flat burgled? Yes. When? Well, sometime this afternoon. It must have happened between ooh, half past three and five o'clock. You told the police? Yes, of course, naturally. Ah, I see what you mean. You're wondering why I've taken the trouble to come along here. Well, as a matter of fact, Temple, the whole business is rather odd. You see, the place was quite obviously ransacked, and yet very little was stolen. It almost looks to me as if they were searching for something. What did they take? A, a wallet, rather a nice wallet, as a matter of fact, a pair of gold cufflinks and a small bedroom clock. That's all? Yes. Yes, that's all. Oh, and a cigarette lighter. Your cigarette lighter? Yes. It's the one my wife had. You remember, the one that Mrs. Temple borrowed. Yes, I remember. Hmm. Why do you think this business is rather odd, Mr. Nelson? <laughs> well, don't you think it is? Well, there's quite a lot of this sort of thing going on just now. It's not exactly unique. <laughs> yes, but surely... Yes? Well, uh, I was going to say, surely you believe there's a connection between what happened this afternoon and the Belasco affair. Why should I believe it? <laughs> surely... Temple, don't you realise that since Mary Hamilton was murdered, since I decided to take a personal interest in this affair, there have been two attempts on my life, two definite attempts. Nelson. Yes? Supposing we put our cards on the table. What do you mean? Supposing you tell me exactly what you think happened this afternoon. All right. I think my flat was broken into by Mrs Forrester. Or someone acting on Mrs. Forrester's behalf. I believe that that person was told to get the letters that Mrs. Forrester wrote to my wife. I believe, quite frankly, that Mrs. Forrester is the person you're looking for. The notorious Dr. Belasco. Well, that's frank enough. Now I'll be frank with you. Here's your cigarette lighter. How on earth? Do you mean to say... Is this a joke? Isn't it your lighter? Of course it's my lighter. You know perfectly well it is. You searched my flat. You broke into my flat this afternoon and... <laughs> Do you really think that's what happened, Mr Nelson? Well, if it isn't, where did you get the lighter from? I found it. Or rather, Sir Graham Forbes found it. Where? At Mr Dunn's. Who the devil is Mr Dunn? He's the proprietor of a small dry cleaning establishment in Layman Street. You must forgive me if I appear a little bewildered, Temple, but quite frankly, I can't make head nor tail of this. We found your lighter on a staircase leading up to a flat occupied by a certain Mr. Abel Dunn. We assumed, not unnaturally, that you had visited Mr. Dunn and accidentally dropped your lighter. But I've never even heard of the man. Just a minute. Look here. You can see what's happened. This is the man Mrs. Forrester engaged, the, the man who broke into the flat. When he found that he couldn't find the letters, he grew desperate and decided to help himself... To the cigarette lighter, the wallet and the clock. Exactly, Mrs. Temple. Uh, you didn't see the wallet, I suppose, or the clock? No. 
And if we had, we shouldn't have known they were yours. Ah, no, no, of course not. Temple, why did you visit this man, Dunn, in the first place? Because we had reason to believe... He's mixed up in the Belasco affair. Yes. Well, there's your answer. He's the man who broke into my flat, all right. Catch Mr. Dunn at... Oh, I presume you haven't caught him? Not yet. Well, catch Mr. Dunn, and to my way of thinking, you've got the key to the whole situation. Ten to one, he'll double-cross Mrs. Forrester and confess. To your way of thinking, we've got Dr. Belasco. Exactly. Hmm. Well, how would you like a drink, Mr. Nelson? Uh, no, thanks. I must be off. As a matter of fact, I feel I'm making rather a nuisance of myself. <laughs> Nonsense. It's all right, Paul. I'll answer it. Uh, uh, goodbye, Mrs. Temple. Oh, goodbye, Mr. Nelson. <coughs> Hello. Mayfair 1784? Yes. Uh, hold the line, please. Mr. Bellamy wants you. Hello there. Hello? Mr. Bellamy? Mrs. Temple? Yes. How are you? I'm very well, Mr. Bellamy. Thank you. How are you? I'm swell. Sorry I didn't get a chance to have a chat with you tonight, Mrs. Temple, but, well, you know how it is. I know. Do you want Paul? Yes. Uh, I'd rather like to have a word with him, if it's convenient. Hold on a moment. It's Mr. Bellamy. Bellamy? <clears throat> Hello, Bellamy? Hello, Temple. I'm sorry to disturb you. Yeah, that's all right. What can I do for you? Well, a rather curious thing happened after you left the club, Mr. Temple. I thought perhaps you might like to hear about it. Yes? You remember that man we talked about? The man who asked me about Dr. Belasco? Mm, yeah, I remember. Well, shortly after you left, he was joined by a friend of his, a woman. I inquired who she was, and I was told that... Yes? I was told that she was Mrs. Forrester. Well? Well... Didn't you tell me that he worked for Mrs. Forster? Yes. <laughs> nice work if you can get it. What do you mean? Well, they seem to get on like a house on fire, laughing and talking. You sure you haven't got hold of the wrong end of the stick? The wrong end of the stick? Yeah, I mean, you sure they're not engaged or something? Bellamy, tell me, did Mrs. Forrester go straight across to his table? She sure did. And boy, was he glad to see her. Hmm. What time did they leave? They're still here. You sure? Sure, I'm sure. As a matter of fact, I can see them right now. They're dancing together. Dancing together? Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay, Bellamy, thanks for ringing. You're welcome. Oh, Mr. Temple. Yes? This guy, Joseph. Well? He wouldn't be Dr. Belasco by any chance. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, Mr. Bellamy. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. What did he want? Hmm? I said, what did he want, darling? Yes, that's just the point. What did he want? Open the door, Richard. Open the door, Richard. Paul? What is it? Sir Graham's here. I can't hear you. Paul, turn the tap off. Sir Graham's here. Oh. What does he want? Do you know? I think he wants to have a word with you about that man Braddock, the, the young fellow that went down to Green Church. Oh. Uh, well, uh, you better send him in here. 
Yes. All right. <laughs> Can I come in? Oh, yes. Come in, Sir Graham. I could have waited until you'd had your bath, Chumble. No, no need for you to wait. Sit down. Thanks. Temple, you know that young fellow I sent down to Greenchurch the day before yesterday? Yes. Well, I got a rather peculiar telegram from him this morning. Quite frankly, I don't know what to make of it. What's it say? Well, here it is. Uh, no, you read it, Sir Graham. It was handed into Greenchurch just after eight o'clock this morning. It says, important development. Suggest you or Mr. Temple meet me here, Britannia Cafe, 345, Braddock. That's all? Yes. Where did he send it to? The yard? No. As a matter of fact, he sent it to my private address. Hmm. Where's Constable Braddock staying? The Cromwell Hart? Yes. He's staying there under the name of Bennett. Have you mentioned this telegram to Kaufman or Inspector Perry? Not yet. I can't imagine why he didn't send it to Kaufman in the first place. Hmm. Pass the towel. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you suggest we do? Oh, there's only one thing we can do, Sir Graham. Go down to Greenchurch. Go down to Greenchurch. Another cake, darling? No, thank you. Sir Graham? No, thank you, Steve. What time do you make it? It's nearly five. Mm. He's not going to show up. I'm afraid not. I wonder... Yes? Oh, I was just thinking. I wonder what we'd better do. I don't know. You don't think Braddock left a message for us? Here? Well, actually, I was thinking of the inn. No, he didn't leave a message at the inn. I asked when we arrived. Well, do you think he left a message here? I don't whether he'd do that. Well, if he did, he'd probably leave it at the cash desk downstairs. Go down, Steve. Buy some biscuits or cakes or something. If and... I can get them. <laughs> <laughs> and make a sort of casual inquiry. Don't seem too concerned about it. I know, darling. The name's Bennett, Steve. Yes. I shan't be long. Could I have some of those cakes, please? I'm sorry, madam. They're for the cafe only. Well, have you any biscuits? I'm afraid we haven't any sweet... Oh, excuse me. Good afternoon, Mrs. Forrester. Good afternoon. Your parcel's ready for you, madam. Oh, thank you. Are you staying down here for long this time, Mrs. Forrester? Oh, I really don't know. Perhaps a week or ten days rather depends on the weather. Thank you. Will you put that down to me? Oh, of course. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, madam. Now, you wanted some biscuits? Please. Does that lady live near here? Uh, Mrs. Forrester? Yes. She's a house outside Greenchurch on the Willsborough Road. It's a lovely place. You must have seen it. Camberley Lodge. Oh, yes. I believe my husband pointed it out to me on the way down from town. <laughs> Will these be all right, madam? I'm afraid they're the only biscuits we have left. Yes. They'll do nicely, thank you. <laughs> oh, by the way, we expected to meet a friend of ours here, a, a Mr. Bennett. I don't know whether he left a message or not. I don't think so, madam. Oh, well, doesn't matter. How much is that? One and a penny, please. Thank you. And your ration book? Oh, <laughs> yes, I was forgetting all about the book. <laughs> I don't see any reason for being suspicious, Sir Graham. But the fact remains, Braddock must have discovered something. Otherwise, he would never have sent that telegram. Mm. Oh, here's Steve. And she looks pretty excited about something. Hello, Steve. Any luck? What's happened? 
Braddock didn't leave a message, but... Yes? You know that woman, darling, Mrs. Forrester? Yes. What about her? She's got a house down here, just outside Greenchurch, a place called Camberley Lodge. She has, has she? She was downstairs just now. I nearly bumped into her. I wonder if that's what Braddock discovered. Hmm. We'll go back to the inn. If there's no sign of Braddock by nine o'clock, we'll call on Mrs. Forrester. We can't have much further to go now. No. Sir Graham, are you coming up to the house with us or staying in the car? As it's a social call, I think I'd better stay in the car, Temple. All right. Here we are, darling. Well, that must be the place. Over on the left. We'll park the car here and walk up the drive. Give us a quarter of an hour, Sir Graham. Then if you don't hear from us... I'll storm the Bastille. <laughs> <laughs> right, Steve? Yes. Uh, it'll take us about three or four minutes to get up the drive. You'd better make it 20 minutes, Sir Graham. All right, Temple. Come along, Steve. We should be near the house by now, surely. I think it's just round the next bend. It's much darker than I thought it would be. All these trees and bushes. Listen. What is it? Shh. I don't hear Shh. anything. <whistles> Sounds like an owl or something. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Cold, Steve? No, it's not that, darling. It... Nervous? Well... Not exactly nervous, I but... Paul. Yes? I've been thinking about this business, and you know, there's something I don't quite understand. There's a great deal I don't understand, Steve. For one thing, if that taxi driver, the poor devil that was shot, intended to take us to Abel Dunn's, that... Paul, what is it? That isn't an owl, Steve. I'm sure it isn't. What? Don't you hear it? No. Darling, listen. Paul, there isn't anything. Honestly, Steve, dear. listen. What was that? Now, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Yes. Paul. Paul, what is it? You have been listening to the fifth episode of Paul Temple and Steve, a serial in eight episodes by Francis Durbridge, with Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Garda Stevenson as Steve. Others taking part were Candida Benson, Jimmy Chisholm, Richard Greenwood, Robin Lang, Lucy Patterson, Greg Powery, Gareth Thomas and Nick Underwood. The production for the BBC was by Patrick Rayner.